man, what a good night. If uh, if you were here earlier and saw the pit bike track that was going on, I just want to give a real big shout out and a big thanks to Fuel Ministries for coming along and, and doing that. Uh, Mark with Fuel Ministry, he saw this. He went to Loretta Lens last year and was set up to do ministry and to do some outreach and playing Nine Square and having a little uh, youth outreach thing in the evening. And he saw what uh, I think Moto Playground was doing uh, with pit bikes. They did it just one night at Loretta Lens, and so he called me and said, hey, do you think that would be a good idea for GNCC? And uh, so anyway, it all came together, and this was the first time. We had three KLX 110s over there, and a line of kids, and just having fun and goofing off. And, and it's really it's really cool to be part of a race series that says, yeah, you can do that. With the way the world is these days, you'd think that uh, we'd be scared of everything, including our own shadow, but not at GNCC, and not a not scared to say the name of Jesus either, because we get to gather here at a race, a public race, and we get to have a non-denominational chapel service um, and get to tell people that God loves them. And I'm privileged to be able to do that with you guys. And so if you're out back around the fire, that's fine. Just make yourselves at home and and uh, follow along if you can. Thanks, Lord, for bringing us to this place. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the ability to go racing. Thanks for loving us. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. And thank you for uh, just giving us this opportunity to put you first on this weekend. I pray that you would speak through me, give me your words to say, and make your point so that we can be more like your son Jesus. In his name, amen. So what does it mean to be blessed? You know, we hear that, we hear that term a lot. Um, you know, you ask somebody, hey, how you doing today? Oh, I am so, I'm so blessed. That pe- you know, people will say, well, God has just blessed me. And what do they, what do they mean by that? When, when somebody answers, or maybe, maybe you've said it, I know I've said it, how you doing? I'm blessed, man, I am blessed. It means God's favor is shining down on me. But what, is, what does that mean? It means my job is going good. Or it means my relationship is going, you know, that girl, she finally said yes to go out to dinner with me. I am blessed. God, His favor is shining down on me, and good things are happening in my life. And that's kind of our, that's our idea of what it means to be blessed in America today. And is that, that's not totally wrong, but it's not totally right either. I mean, we've got a lot of, we've got a lot of churches and a lot of preachers in America today that talk a lot about God's, God wants you to be happy, right? Have you heard that? God wants you to be happy. And I might argue with that a little bit. I might change the word that God wants you to be full of joy. Because I think of Paul and Silas sitting in prison. I really doubt that they were happy. But they had a joy in their heart to the point that they actually started singing in prison. And then, then uh, you know, they were set free and they still stay there. They lead the jailer and his whole family to the Lord. I mean, that's pretty amazing. But there's a difference between joy and happiness. You know, the happiness. God wants you to, I hear this all the time. God wants you to be happy. I think of happy as the smile on my face because that girl said yes or because my job is going good or because I found $100 on the ground. I mean, that brings happiness. But that's not really joy. And so when we say blessed, we still have this idea that I have found favor with God. In other words, God is happy with me and therefore He is doing things that make my life a little bit easier, a little bit more comfortable, and and has to do maybe with wealth. If you look in the Old Testament, you'll find a lot of examples of the word blessing. I think of Abraham. God comes to Abraham and gives him promise. Abraham, in his old age, he finally has a son named Isaac. When Abraham dies, he blesses Isaac. Remember that? Gives him his birthright, which is, Abraham says, okay, Isaac, 
God gave me this promise, this really good thing. God gave me this promise, this good thing. I'm passing it on to you. I am blessing you with what God promised me. And oh, by the way, all my sheep and my camels and my servants and my wealth and my gold, I'm blessing to you. It's your birthright. That's your blessing. And Isaac passes it on to, well, he thinks he's passing it on to Esau. He passes it on to Jacob, right? His birthright. There's a little bit of treachery there, but still there's this, this blessing of wealth and material and good things that are getting passed on because Isaac the father is happy with the son. God the father is happy with me, and so he's blessing me with good things. Right? Except, well, I've said it myself. I'm so blessed to have been born in the United States of America. And I do believe that. But my definition, as you see by the end of the night, my definition of blessing might be a little bit off. Because if you think about it, how many people are in the United States of America? Seven billion. That's in the world. No, world. That's right. There's, there's, I think, six billion in the world. Or maybe it's seven by now. There's 300 million people in America. That means like 97, 98% of the world does not live in America. Now, America is the greatest country on earth. In the history of the whole world, I truly believe that America is the greatest country ever. I have the flag and the, and the eagle tattooed right here. I did my four years in the Army, and I'm really proud of it. Love this country. I think I'm blessed to live here in this country. I think that I have many opportunities that you don't have if you live in Egypt or if you live in... Australia. I mean, there are other good countries out there. But man, when you go overseas and then you come back here, you're like, I am so blessed. God has found favor with me, and so he has poured down heaven on top of me. Except what do you say for the other 6,900,700,000? I'm terrible at math. What do you say to the rest of the people in the world that aren't born in America? God doesn't have favor? God likes me better than He likes you? Well, that doesn't sound right. So what does it mean to be blessed? So tonight, I want to turn your attention to two instances where heaven itself told us what blessing is. Two instances where heaven itself, one is an angel, tells us what a blessing is, and number two is the Son of God tells us what a blessing is. Alright? Son of God being Jesus. Exactly. And the story starts with an angel appearing to a young woman named Mary. You've heard this story. You hear it every year around Christmas time. You're going to think I lost lost myself because I'm talking Christmas time and here it is March and we're in Florida and there's no Christmas lights. But it doesn't have to be a Christmas story. You need to understand this story of Mary. When Mary, when, when Mary finds out that she is going to be the mother of the Messiah, here's how it starts out. As soon as the bulldozer passes, man, I thought we, I thought we got rid of the bulldozer issues when we moved to Night Chapel. If, you, if you've been around on GNCC for a while, we used to do chapel at 8:30 in the morning on Saturday and Sunday morning. Sunday morning would be the worst because at 8.30 in the morning the youth race is already going and usually the track comes right up here and all these little two-strokes are and then on a muddy weekend there will be a bulldozer pulling people out. I mean one time we watched a bulldozer pulling a van in the mud just sliding right over into a row of parked cars. It was all, I mean how do you compete with that? (laughs) 
We're gonna we're gonna let him rip this up. Who's racing tomorrow afternoon? We got a few. You see how they do that on, on Pro Row? They actually rip that corner so that you can come through and grab a rut. He needs to come to my house and work on our bit bike track. Right? Nice, I can hear myself think. It's the sound of silence. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, this is Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, we're talking about Elizabeth. Elizabeth is the one that's going to have John the Baptist, right? You've heard of John the Baptist, John the Baptist. So in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he, Gabriel, came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Maybe you're like me and you grew up in church and you've heard this in the King James Version. King James Version says, How, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Now the word there is actually blessed. But I always grew up with hearing it blessed, right? It's spelled the same way. And the reason we say blessed because it sounds more holy, right? It means the same thing. You are blessed is what the angel's saying. Gabriel comes and says, Mary, you are highly favored. God has had favor with you. God is happy with you, and you are blessed. Just what we want to hear. Just what we love to hear from the preachers, the prosperity gospel preachers. You are highly favored. God is shining down on you, and you are blessed. But Mary was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Understand, when Gabriel comes to Mary, God has not spoken for 400 years. We last laughed, last heard from God in the Old Testament. The last book of the Old Testament is Malachi. And the very last thing that Malachi talks about is that there's going to come a day where a, a Savior comes, this coming Messiah is going to come, and the hearts of the fathers will be turned to their children, and the hearts of the children will be turned to their fathers. The end, silence, nothing. There's been no visions, there's been no prophets, there's been no angels, there's been no voice from God shouting down. There's just silence. And all of a sudden, this young woman named Mary, now the, 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 the custom of the day was that when a young woman reached puberty, about 13 years old, then she was eligible to be married. So, Mary could have been as young as 13 years old, which is kind of weird. Maybe she was closer to 14, 15, 16 years old. She was a teenager. She was a young woman. Angel, Gabriel, when you hear about angels in the Bible, there's only two that you hear about, Michael and Gabriel. Here you got Gabriel coming down. Blessed are you, God has found favor with you. And Mary is smart enough to say, Oh man, what does that mean? Haven't heard from God, haven't heard from heaven in 400 years, and now the angel is talking to me. Am I in trouble? I mean, what's your definition of highly favored? And so Gabriel speaks up. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever in his kingdom. There will be no end. Wow. You are highly favored, Mary. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you. You are going to conceive. You are going to have a child. 
even though you're a virgin, even though you've never had relations with a man, even though you're not married, you are going to have a baby. And this baby is going to be awesome. Now Mary, having grown up in a Jewish family, she knew what this was referring to. That all in this Old Testament here, there were prophecies of a coming Messiah, a coming Savior. We just came out. Let's put this in perspective. We just came out of a highly contested election year, right? We are so tired of hearing about politics. But if you pay attention to politics, like I do, last year we were kind of nervous in this country. Christians, I was kind of nervous. The direction that this country has been going, I could easily foresee that there would come a time that this assembly right here, that we assemble in the name of Jesus at a public place, that this could become illegal. All right? And so with that thought in mind, now you can kind of understand what the time was like in the first century when Mary was being visited by an angel. 400 years of silence. The Israelites had been brought back. Before that, they had been taken into captivity. They'd been brought back to their homeland, Israel, but they did not have their autonomy. They could not control their own destiny. They were ruled by the Persians, then the Greeks, and ultimately by Rome. And right now they're under the subjection of Rome. The Roman government is the one that's in charge. And yes, you Israelites, you can have your temple, you can do your sacrifices, you can kind of do your thing, but you're going to pay a lot of taxes and you're going to, you're going to live your lives our way. And so, the Israelites are desperately looking for, man, that Old Testament talk about a coming Messiah, a coming Savior. No thought. You and I today, we have it so easy because we understand Savior... We think of Jesus who shed his blood, right? To save us from our sins, to save us so we can live forever. Whoever believes live for, will not perish but have everlasting life, right? We understand that. Mary, in her, in her time, she's thinking a coming Savior so we can finally have our own autonomy. We can finally go back to the glory days of David and Solomon. And we can be our own country and make our own decisions. That's how everybody was thinking. As you read the Gospels, it's evident. That's how everybody is thinking. That's what a Savior is. Somebody that's going to save us from Roman occupation and Roman oppression. And so the the uh, the angel spells it out. I mean, it sounds so awesome. This baby that you're going to have, he will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. Ha! Ah, that sounds so awesome. And Mary said to the angel, Mary has a little question here. Say, like, how will this be since I am a virgin? When the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Four, but nothing will be impossible with God. I love that. You know, God starts out the New Testament with a visit to Elizabeth. That Elizabeth... You're past your prime. You can't have any children. But you're going to have the forerunner of the Messiah, John the Baptizer, who later goes out into the wilderness and starts baptizing people for the forgiveness of their sins. It would be impossible, but with God, nothing's impossible. And Mary said, and this is very, very important, because this is where we're going with our entire discussion this evening. Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. All right. I am God's servant, whatever God wants. Now, when she hears this, 
if you can think, if you can think in your own mind, if you can think, what it would be like if I didn't know the Christmas story? What would it be like if I didn't know the Bible story? What would it be like if I were in Mary's shoes? Blessed are you. You are highly favored. God likes you. And He's going to do awesome things through you. Yes. I am the Lord's servant. <laughs> I will do as you say. It's easy to say that. But what's the rest of the story? You know, there was a time in my life when I finally hit my knees in full surrender. And I, I know I've shared this story with you guys before. Hit my knees in full surrender said, Yes, I am the Lord's servant. I'll do whatever it is that you say. And I get the calling to come to this place, GNCC. If you were with me last week in South Carolina, I told you a little bit about that story, about how I happened to end up here on this series, the greatest series in the entire world. I am highly favored. God likes me. He put me in an awesome place. He has good things for me, bringing me to GNCC. I am the Lord's. I am your servant. I will do as you say. I get where Mary's at right now at, her, at this point in her life. I'll do whatever it is that you say. But what's the next thing that happens to Mary? Well, the next thing, the next thing that happens to poor Mary is that, uh, is that this crazy, idiotic, narcissistic, out-for-himself, pompous, arrogant Caesar Augustus sends out a decree that the whole world should be counted because he was the ruler of the whole freaking world. And he wanted to know how big that world was. And so this narcissist, Caesar Augustus, says every single one of you needs to be counted. And you can't just email it in. You have to go to your home place, where you're actually from. Now for Mary and for Joseph, they're from the line of David, who was born in Bethlehem. So they have to make this journey. And Mary, she's pregnant. By this point in the story, Mary is pregnant. Now, I know the old joke that you can't be just a little bit pregnant. I mean, you're either pregnant or you're not, right? But Mary is very pregnant. And she's got to make this long journey just to satisfy this egomaniac who wants to count the whole world. And that puts her out on a donkey or maybe just walking on her own where she has to make the journey from Nazareth all the way to Bethlehem. That's crazy. But... There might be something in the back of her head that, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I know this is really hard. I know that God gave me a promise that I was going to be the mother of the Messiah, the chosen one, the king, you know, the, all this great prophecy, all, the, all these great prophecies coming true. I do happen to remember this ancient prophecy in the book of Micah, Micah 5.2. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel who's coming forth is from old from ancient days oh alright well with the blessing comes some work I understand God I am your servant I'm willing to do whatever it is that you've called me to do I'll make that long journey eight and a half months pregnant I'll make that long journey I understand kind of need to be in Bethlehem in order to make that one prophecy come true gotcha I'm with you hasn't it happened that way for you I know it has for me God, I'm called to be on GNCC. The first thing that happens to me, 2009, was my first year being on GNCC as the chaplain. I had a good job at that time. I was working for Yamaha. You know the motorcycle company? Yamaha that you see all over the place here. Make dirt bikes, YZs, YXZs, you know, the UTVs and all that. I worked for them. I was a district sales manager for them. Had a company car, expense account, 
Got to go to all the dealers, set them up, selling their bikes, their parts. It was a really good deal. But I had it in my heart that I really want to do ministry. And so I started praying about doing ministry. And my heart started drawing closer and closer to ministry. And I had the chance to go out and do this thing in 2009. And I started praying, God, I want to be more effective with the ministry that you've given me, that, you, that I am so favored to be blessed with. How can I do that? In 2010, you know what happened to me? Got laid off from my job. I'm like, ooh, that's not really what I was thinking of. I had a really nice income, but I really did want to do ministry. So, okay, it's not going to be easy, but I know that you're in it. I know that you're in it. I know from here on out, you know, you're going you're gonna to pave the road. If God is for us, then who can be against us? Get it. I'm, a, I'm on there. Mary's got to be thinking the same way. Okay, go to Bethlehem. Got it. It's not easy, but I'm in this thing. I am your servant, Lord. I'll do as you command. What's the next thing that happens to Mary? She gets to Bethlehem. She says, all right, God, I am pregnant with with the king of the universe. I am pregnant with the Messiah, Joseph. Let's go check into the Four Seasons. Not the Four Seasons. Well, how about the Hilton? How about the Hampton Inn? Hotel Six? How about a barn? covered in cow crap. That's where they end up. Mary's got to be thinking, wait a second. I'm blessed. I'm in a barn with a bunch of horse poop. A bunch of cow poop. How is this a blessing? I'm not seeing it. A few years ago, I was driving our other rig, the the big, we've got a Kenworth uh, motor coach, and uh, on her, when I was, when I got laid off from Yamaha, I went full time into the ministry, thinking, "All right, God, this is it. I'm not in it for the money, not in it for the fame, the fortune, any of that. I just want to see people come to know you and be serious about their walk and their relationship with you." And so I'm, I'm, a, I'm the truck driver, I'm the mechanic, I'm the, I'm the preacher, I'm just whatever Team Faith needs to be done, I'm doing it. And so I'm driving the truck from an event. I happened to pick it up from somebody else. Brian O had driven the truck last time. And, uh, and I'm driving. I go do this event. I think I did a GNCC. And I'm on the way back from GNCC, and it's time to do the chores. You know what the chores are. If you've got an RV, you know, you got to stop. you gotta, you got to, you know, fill the propane. you got to dump the, the tanks, the, the grape tank and the black tank. you got to fill with fresh water. Well, I'm doing the chores. And, you know, those of you that are RVers, you know on your, on your tanks, there's that dust cap that screws on. It just It's just a dust cap. It doesn't hold pressure or anything. It's the dust cap that goes on, and you pull the dust cap off, and then you hook the hose up, and you pull the valves, and all the, all the poop goes down the drain, right? Well, I'm at, the, I'm at the station, and I'm trying to remove this dust cap, and the stupid dust cap is stuck. And I start wrenching on it. And about the time that my brain says, don't do that because there's obviously pressure from the backside, that's about the time it popped loose. The last person that had that had dumped the tanks put the dust cap back on, but they never closed the valves. So all that poop is right there, pressurized up against that dust cap, and I'm turning it. Poop explosion all over me, and I'm covered in poop. I was not blessed that day. I said a few words that started with S. I was not happy. I was so frustrated. God, I'm in this for you. My whole life, I've given up 
fame and for I've given up income. I've given up. A, I mean, yeah, they laid me off, but I was praying to do your. I'm doing this thing, and I'm covered in poop. <laughs> Mary has to be blessed. Are you? Oh, highly favored one. And she's in a barn covered in poop. I'm not seeing it, God. I am not seeing the blessing in this situation. But you know, she's still God's servant. She still stayed true. We see her attitude when the shepherds come in from the field and they worship the baby. And Mary treasured all of these things in her heart and she pondered them. And she loved that baby and she raised that baby. And you can see that she was a good mother. You know, I lost my place here, but you got to wonder, did Mary's life ever get any better? Because as we look back on Mary, in some circles of Christianity, she is highly revered. We might say that that's a blessing, even though she's not on this earth to enjoy it. We highly, we, we, we borderline worship Mary. But if you look at Mary's life and her time on this earth, did it ever get any better? Did she ever really get blessed the way that we see a blessing? We know from, uh, from the, the book of Mark, we know that she had other kids. She had more sons and more daughters. Jesus had half-brothers and half-sisters. But it's interesting, there are a couple times that we get a, a glimpse into how people thought of Mary at the time that Mary was on, on this earth and what people thought of her at that time. In John chapter 8, verse 41, Jesus is talking to a crowd of people. He's talking to some people, and he's trying to get, a, get across his point, and they want to kill him. He said, and Jesus says, you are just like your ancestors who wanted to kill the prophets. You are not of Abraham. And you know what their response was? They retorted, we were not born of fornication. In other words, Jesus, we know who your mom is, but we don't know who your dad is. We were not born of fornication like you. <laughs> You're the illegitimate child. You look in Mark chapter 6. Verse 3, and, it's, uh, and, and, and he's at his hometown, and this is the time that he's not able to do any miracles, and, uh, and the people are wanting to run him out, and they say, they say, is this not the son of Mary? In that culture at that time, you never referenced a woman. A woman had no credibility at all. A woman wasn't even allowed to testify in court at that time. You would always say, is this not Joseph's son? Except, that's not Joseph's son. We know the scandal that surrounded him. <laughs> We know the scandal that surrounded her. That's Mary's son. We don't know who the dad is. That stigma stuck with her her entire life. You know what the final result of her blessing was? Was to see her firstborn son stretched out on a cross and crucified, hung naked in public and humiliated, spit on and beaten. And Jesus' last words to his mother was he looks down from the cross and he sees his mother and he sees the disciple whom Jesus loved, John, who's actually writing the story. And he says, woman, behold your son. John, behold your mother. And from that day forward, John took her into his own home to take care of her. And that was Mary's blessing. But what? <laughs> what if Mary hadn't lived into your highly favored, I am the Lord's servant, I will do whatever you send me to do. What if she hadn't lived into that? What a wonderful Savior we have because we know the third day the tomb was empty. 
Because we know that Jesus didn't come to this earth to set Israel free from Roman oppression. We know that Jesus came to this earth to set us free from sin and to provide a way for us to go to heaven to live forever. And not just that, so that we could have a freedom in this life, so that we could have joy where we actually sit in jail and we sing. You want to know what a blessing is? The other time that heaven directly spoke about a blessing was through Jesus. And here's what he says. This is his most famous sermon ever. It's called, it's called the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. It's, uh, and these are the Beatitudes. Listen to what Jesus says about being blessed. He said, and he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The poor in spirit, humble. Blessed are the humble people. The people that are humble, they're the ones that receive the kingdom of heaven. You know not everybody's going to be in heaven. For eternity, you know not everybody's going to be there. Wide is the path that leads to destruction. Narrow is the one that leads to eternal life. How do you how do you receive it? You've all seen you've all seen Indiana Jones, right? What does Indiana Jones do as he's thinking on the riddle? What does the penitent man do? He's humble. He takes his knee, and wow, the blade goes right over Indiana's head. But it's so it's theologically correct. Blessed are the humble; they receive this kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn; they will be comforted. I have never been closer to God than when I'm at the very bottom of the barrel, when I'm in my darkest hour, when I am desperate, when there's plenty of food on the table. Thank you, Lord, for this food. Amen. Let's eat. Chow down. When there's no food on the table, God, I need you. God, I am desperate for you. Blessed are those who mourn. They will be comforted. Blessed are the meek. They shall inherit the earth. The meek. Strength under power. Strength under control. Blessed are the meek. The ones that aren't so arrogant. The ones that aren't cocky. The opposite of egomaniac. They shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They shall be satisfied. Lord, I need you. I need you so bad. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. They'll be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful. They'll receive mercy. There's coming a day where we are all going to need mercy. Blessed are the ones who are merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see God. I can stand up here. I can preach the most eloquent message that you've ever heard, but God sees my heart. He knows whether I'm doing it for my own purposes or because I am His servant and I'm willing to do as you say. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be called the sons of God. Not the warmongers, the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Now this is the part. This is the part where we just got to tune out because this... This is not cool. This does not fit with our idea of what being highly favored, where God likes me and He bestows good things upon me. Jesus says the opposite of this. He says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's not about my wallet. A blessing isn't about my wallet. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and other utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. What does it mean to be blessed? It means living into the heart of God, as Mary did. 
this sounds awesome. This isn't what I signed up for. I'm covered in poop. <laughs> Not what I signed up for, but I'm still in it, God. I am still in it because you know what you're doing and I want to live into your heart. Whatever it is that you have for me, that's what I want to be. I want to be able to live into my person. And here's the thing. When you live into the heart of God, you find out what your purpose on this earth is. I know I'm supposed to be standing right here. What are you supposed to do? I don't know. But God will reveal that to you. I promise that you will find your purpose in this life. You will find this purpose as you start living into the the heart of God. And when you know what your purpose is, there is nothing that can stop you. When you know what your purpose is, you know that you can overcome all that adversity, just like Mary did. And she's sitting there in that barn, and she's saying, this is not what I signed up for. As I'm sitting there on the side of the road saying, this is not what I signed up for. When you know what your purpose is, you overcome that. It is, I hate to make a cheesy analogy, but it's just like racing. Look at Stu Baylor last week. What an inspiring, encouraging story. There's a guy who just never gave up because he wanted to win. Loves racing dirt bikes. Go at it full throttle, even if your wrists don't work, even if they're made of jelly. He's just going. And I love it. I was so inspired by Stu's ride. And I see a direct parallel to my life. Not my spiritual life because there's no such thing. It's just life. Are you living for God? Are you living into His purpose? If you are, there's nothing that will stop you. If you're just sitting here because you want a good luck charm and you want God to bless you, it's not going to happen. God wants so much more for you than you want for yourself. God, thank you for today. Just thanks for the opportunity to learn about Mary, to have a couple of laughs, but to also take a real look at what does it mean to be blessed because we take it way out of context. I'm guilty of it. We all are. But we want to be more like you. We want to be used by you, and we want to know what our purpose is on this earth. So would you just... Would you just continue to speak to our hearts and draw us to yourself, challenge us, but most of all, grow us and protect us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.